Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Well, good morning. I want to welcome everyone who's watching this service today. And for those of you tuning in here in Georgetown or anywhere else across Texas, can I just say, wow. I mean, wow. Just when you think things can't get any wackier, they do. Like just when you think nothing can outdo the year 2020, 2021 steps in and says, hold my beer, right? And unless you've had your head buried in the snow, you're probably aware that this past week has been unprecedented here in Texas. I mean, let me just give you a quick recap of what's happened. Texas froze over for almost an entire week. And we're talking El Paso to Amarillo to Tyler to Brownsville, every inch of the state. Winter storm Uri followed by winter storm Viola packed a double whammy punch to the face for all Texas residents. In what is now being dubbed Snowvid, have you heard that? We've moved from COVID to Snowvid. On Sunday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, Governor Greg Abbott announced that the White House issued a federal emergency declaration for Texas in response to the severe winter weather for all 254 counties in the state. And he warned that the power grid would not be able to sustain this situation. And he was right. I mean, power failures began almost immediately that day. And by Monday, over 2 million people across the state were without power. And that's when ERCOT, the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, ordered rotating service interruptions that left some people with no power, others somehow with full power, and still others with power off and on for undisclosed durations. Now, all that appeared to the average person to have no rhyme or reason, which created an uproar of angry, confused, freezing people being displaced from their homes and house hopping, trying to find a warm, stable shelter. And needless to say, most Texans were caught with their parkas down, right? I mean, they were unprepared for the mayhem that followed. Temperatures inside of homes dipping into the 30s and below, animals being endangered, roadways too hazardous to travel, grocery stores and businesses shutting down, and eventually significant water issues. You know, by Wednesday, February 17th, 7 million Texans were under a boil notice for their water supply. And many Texans would have loved to have that water to boil because by Thursday, February 18th, 12 million had no water or a limited supply. You know, a significant number of residents right here in Georgetown and across Williamson County were affected because the wells wouldn't run due to the power failures. And lest we forget, some people were battling COVID in the middle of not having power and water. And all this took a toll on people. And many were out in the freezing temperatures as first responders or caring for animals or fixing power lines or working as caregivers. 
Tow truck companies were forced to make tough decisions of whether to risk their employees' lives to help those stuck on the side of the road with plummeting temperatures. The Rock, the ride-on center for kids here in Georgetown, lost one of their precious horses. And ranchers like Dan Gaddis and his son, they were out for days in the ice, bottle-feeding calves and trying to get them dried off quickly right after they were born. And some of those calves made it, some didn't. Now, we don't know the full severity of this yet, but there have already been 49 known deaths directly related to the freezing temperatures and many close calls as well. Now, even within our own church, Bill Everett, he's a man in his 80s and in frail health, was rushed to the hospital with breathing problems, and he actually spent two days in the hallways waiting on a room. I mean, that's how crazy things were, how overly crowded our hospitals have been. And his wife, Sue, was not able to see or talk with him throughout that whole duration of time. Another gentleman, Bill Nagel, had a significant heart attack in the midst of all this, and it was a close call at the hospital. One mom had a son with an ear infection, unable to get antibiotics. My own son, Nathan, actually spent two days freezing in his home in Austin without power, just waiting for it to come back on. Yeah, he was concerned about getting on the icy roadways to find a warmer place, but he finally gave in and risked the road travel to come here to Georgetown. And even though things are now thawing out, the problems are far from over. Many people are still without power or clean water. Our own church is not having a live service this morning because of broken water pipes that need repair in the building. And that's a concern for nearly everyone. In fact, Governor Abbott made it clear that we need a tidal wave of plumbers to address what has happened and what will happen as broken pipes occur all across the state. You know, plumbers are normally licensed by their states, but that's being waived right now. And plumbers are being asked to come in from all over the U.S. I mean, even plumbers whose licenses have expired are welcome back. I mean, it's like all hands on deck here. And then you've got the issue of food and supplies. You know, after waiting in long lines outside, when people finally got into the grocery stores to get food, this is what they found. I mean, just empty. It's like COVID on steroids. That's our local HEB. All the produce was bought up. So where does that leave us? Well, this morning I felt led by the Lord to put our current series on hold and talk with you for a few minutes about what our response to all this should be as followers of Jesus. Because in the midst of trials in life, God always has things to teach us and he always has a plan. So let's walk through a few key spiritual lessons God might want us to learn. And the first one that stands out to me is simply this. Be grateful for our gifts. Be grateful for the things we have. Don't focus on the things we don't have, but be grateful for what we do have. You know, times like these are a good reminder of how we take things for granted, don't we? Things like heat, water, clean water, shelter, food, health. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. And not some gifts, but every gift is from God. And every gift in life is an opportunity to thank God for His goodness, to thank God for His grace. Now, I talk with a lot of people who, after spending days in the freezing cold, were extremely thankful for heat. Now, 
How often do you hear people in Texas thanking God for heat, right? Well, they are now. I mean, my own son, after taking a hot shower at someone else's house and sitting in front of a fire, said, I never thought I'd appreciate how good it feels just to be warm. And I talked with others who were rejoicing over just being able to take a shower. You know, one bass player friend of mine who hadn't showered in six days, he said to me, I'm bringing the wrong kind of funk. I mean, how often do we thank God for the ability to clean up our bodies quickly and easily? You know, Wendy and I were blessed. We didn't run out of water. We didn't have to boil water. But most people I talked to had issues with that. I mean, they were going outside, collecting snow in buckets, bringing it in, boiling it so they'd have something to drink or be able to flush their toilets. I mean, some people I know are still without water or under water restrictions. So people across Texas who got their water back were rejoicing over clean water. And we don't realize what a blessing that is until it's gone. Which, by the way, if you didn't know this, over 2 billion people in our world today don't have access to clean water. So that's something not to take for granted, but to thank God for. But sometimes it takes a trying time like this to remind us how blessed we truly are. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 commands us to give thanks in all circumstances. And maybe it takes an event like this to spur us on in that arena. So let me encourage you this week, just by way of application, would you make a list of all the blessings you do have and then spend some time personally or as a family thanking God for each and every one of them? I mean, that's biblical and it does the soul good. Okay, there's a second spiritual lesson that ties in with this one. And it's simply this, people matter more than possessions. People matter more than the stuff we have in life. Now, I know of several people in our church who lost loved ones this past week, and that is way more painful than any of the inconveniences and property damage that we've sustained. I mean, as crazy as these circumstances have been, they're nothing compared to the value of a human life. 1 Timothy 6 says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. I mean, at the end of the day, all the losses we've sustained can be restored. Broken pipes, water damage, car repairs, and so forth. And on the news, more than once I've heard people saying, my family is all right. We made it through this. That's all that matters. That's kind of where we go in times like this. We're reminded to care for people, those we love, more than our stuff. You know, there have been a lot of heroic stories coming out of this whole snowvid mess. I know of many, many people right here in our church opening up their homes to those in need. I know of others who brought food and water to those without. Senior citizens and others with disabilities, they rely on things like traveling caregivers, nurses, and dialysis. And one of our own Hill Country Bible Church members, Ryan Seawright, who owns a caregiving service called Visiting Angels, he personally drove caregivers to clients on icy roads all hours of the day and night throughout this whole mess. You know, his wife was proud of him, but also deeply concerned because he was risking life and limb to help those people out. Well, that's because people matter more than anything else. 
And it's not just Ryan. Many of those professional caregivers literally spent hours trying to de-ice their vehicles to drive to compromised individuals' homes. Those who are dependent on their help in order to get out of bed, in order to eat. Folks, that's what it's all about, caring for people. One of our staff members said to me that in spite of burst pipes and flooding in his home, it was really good for his heart to see everyone in his neighborhood helping each other out. He said he got to know some of his neighbors he had never interacted with before. And now they talk to him every time he ventures out. I mean, his summary of it all was this. It would have been nice to avoid this week, but in the end, the small pains are nothing compared to the strengthened and new relationships. So at the end of the day, what does all this teach us? Well, it's that people matter more than anything else. You know, Jesus said the greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So here's my encouragement to you this week. By way of application, what is one thing you could do to help someone in need recover from this situation? And maybe it's going to the store for them, buying them groceries, fixing a broken pipe, chopping down tree limbs. I mean, the list is endless. But pray about it and look for just one opportunity and then follow through and do it. So lesson one, be grateful for our gifts, for the things we have. Lesson two, remember that people matter more than possessions. And how about a third and final thing God wants to see happen through all this? Let good outshine evil. Let the good overcome the evil of this situation. You know, God wants to be glorified in good times and in bad times. And the way that happens is by us, his followers, Christians, being light in the midst of darkness. Now, usually in hard, painful times like this, people blame God. They take God to task, right? In fact, I received a text this past week from an old childhood friend who's he's not a Christian, okay? I've been reaching out to him with the gospel for a while now, and he's still not convinced there even is a God. Anyway, he told me he heard from a friend of his who was suffering badly here in Texas and was basically insinuating, where is God in all this mess? And this is what he texted me, okay? Listen carefully. He said, hey, Brian, why don't you get Jesus on this problem? And why do humans lie to themselves by claiming there is a God that gives a damn? See, that's not uncommon, is it, at times like this? People get angry. People wonder, if God is a God of love, then why are there things like COVID and hurricanes and people dying in freezing weather? Well, the short answer we know is sin. Because when Adam and Eve chose to introduce sin into this world, the whole creation became contaminated. When sin entered the picture, it threw everything off kilter. G.K. Chesterton described the fallen nature of creation by saying this. He said, it's kind of like living in the remains of a shipwreck. We may find many treasures, but clearly things are not as they are meant to be. I mean, we all agree, Christian or not, that something is broken here. Something is wrong. All is not as God created it to be. See, creation has been warped by sin, which is why the Apostle Paul writes this in Romans chapter 8. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. 
For all creation against its will was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. The curse affected the entirety of creation, not just the human race. I mean, the lion does not lie down with the lamb and there's death and violence in the animal realm and the meteorological realm. And Christians and non-Christians alike, we're all subjected to the same struggles in this world. Nobody escapes painful trials here on earth. I mean, Jesus himself came to this world and was betrayed by his own people, abandoned by his closest friends, and then crucified. And he said to all of us, in this world, you will have trouble. I mean, that's a promise from Jesus. In this world, we will have trouble. Only in the future when we get to heaven will all sin and problems be totally gone. In heaven now, Jesus promises this. He says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Now that's heaven. But in the meantime, how are we to live in the midst of this fallen, broken world? Well, the same way Jesus did. By bringing light and love in the midst of the darkness. In Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your, what is it? Good deeds. They need to see your good deeds and then glorify your father in heaven. So while others are getting angry and blaming and lashing out, we can show grace and kindness and patience. For example, you may have heard the stories of people across the state cursing, physically attacking, even throwing objects at the utility repairmen. Those who were simply trying to fix outages due to fallen power lines, which is kind of crazy because they were not the ones causing the blackouts and rolling power outages. But people were just angry and looking for someone to take it out on. I read that many of those repairmen were just demoralized by all that. One of them said, yeah, it's kind of a thankless job out here. But then there were others who overcame that evil with good. Like stories were rolling in about people bringing firefighters and other public servants, hot meals, cookies, words of thanks, and notes of encouragement. Let's all be a part of that latter group, ensuring that the good outshines the evil. If you watch the news, you'll see both good and evil, dignity and depravity. Those who are grumbling and complaining and angry and those who are demonstrating love and patience and compassion. And like never before, folks, this is our opportunity to shine, to show the world that the church of Jesus can and is making a difference. This is how we can point people to God, a God who loves them, a God who wants a personal relationship with them. I mean, we live in a show me, don't tell me world right now. So let's show them by our good deeds that being a Christian makes a difference. Here at our church, we have a congregation and community care team, and it helps people with with meals, 
transportation, household projects, you name it. And if you'd like to be a part of that team, just let us know. <laughs> Go to our website, hillcountry.life, and you'll see a link near the top of the page. Or if you're not good with online stuff, just call the church office and say, how can I help good outshine evil in our city of Georgetown? I mean, we'd like to amass an army of volunteers who are ready to help anyone in need. And speaking of that, if this Snovid situation has left you in a spot where you need help, please, 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 don't be too proud to reach out and let us help you. I mean, whether it's prayer, transportation, food, whatever. Again, go to our website or, or call the church. We are here to help you in your time of need. I mean, that's what the family of God is all about. Now, let me close with this. People are looking for hope in our world, especially at times like this, when everything seems turned upside down. I mean, with COVID, racial tensions, political division, civil unrest, natural disasters like the one we just faced, people want an anchor in life. They need an anchor. And we know that the only true anchor is God. The psalmist said in Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. True hope is not found in here, in ourselves. True hope is not found in other people. True hope is found only in God. You know, back when Hurricane Katrina devastated New Orleans and the Gulf Coast, do you know what Fox National News reported as the most requested supply? The one people were asking for the most in the Superdome? It was this book right here, the Bible. That's right. Does that surprise you? Well, it shouldn't, because people know at tough times like this that they need hope. They need to hear the message of God's word, which is a message of love, a message of hope. They need the simple message of John 3, 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Times like these get our attention. And God has a plan for this whole mess. As we always say around here, the situation itself may not be good, but God can work the results together for good. That's Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God wants to offer hope to the hopeless. And we have an opportunity to be his hands and his feet in this fallen world. We can share the good news of the hope of Jesus Christ. Let's take the opportunity to do that, to get out there and be salt and light in this world. Well, let me leave you with the words of King David in Psalm 46. They seem very apropos in light of all that's transpired in 2020 and now in 2021. Listen to what David wrote. He said, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, 
though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. Let's pray. Lord, how we thank you for that promise that you are with us, that you are a refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. God, I pray that we would lean on you in these difficult times. I pray that you would help us to be grateful for all the blessings we have, that this situation would remind us of how good you are, that every good and perfect gift comes from you. The gift of heat, the gift of water that's clean, the gift of life, every good and perfect gift. God, remind us that more than the stuff of this world, more than our possessions, what matters most is people, the hearts and souls of men and women. And I pray that we would get out and we would make a difference, that we would pray for people, we would help people, that we would let good outshine the evil in this situation so that people would look at us and see something different, that our light would so shine that they would glorify you, God, based on the good deeds that they see coming from your people. That's my prayer. And I pray that we as Hill Country Bible Church Georgetown would lead the way in being salt and light in this dark world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.